listeners from the Octor and Fox during the Octor and Consultations. Um, in this chapter, this is the second chapter of this month's episode, Obsessions of a Modern Magician, or Meditations on Obsession. Uh, this episode is called Poetry, um, uh, Meditations on Poetry and Application. In this episode, we investigate the idea of of mystery in magic and we try to understand how to align this with our cognition and our critical thinking rather than abandon one for the other and to see the importance of finding balance between both for uh, good conduct towards practical magic. Um, please enjoy the episode and uh, I would like to hear your critique and your support towards it. Have a great day. All right, welcome back. So this is the second part of the episode. And this is called, When you don't know what you are doing, everything becomes a mystery and everyone becomes a prophet. I'll say this one again. When you don't know what you are doing, everything becomes a mystery and everyone becomes a prophet. <laughs> so what does that mean? I think one of the things that we can use to our benefit is a sense of discernment. We have to understand, I, I will quote Camelia Elias, um, in her book, the uh, the um, the it's not the occultist travels light. It's the oracle. Yes, the oracle travels light. I highly recommend this book. She talks about the idea of you, you working with tarot to understand how magic is done and how to work with tarot to get magic done. It's a pretty cool book and. Um, it's a small book and gets to the point quite quick. And I, I see a lot of Butu and Zen in her way of writing. That makes me really appreciate the words and how they flow in that book. It's a really cool one. Um, and you can see actually like the, because I think she has a, a PhD in literature. You can see how she is really good with, um, with, with words. Like, uh, and you can see her, uh, there's, there's a bit of, um, and confident vibe in her talk that makes it makes the word appear much more sexier than they are. It's really nice to read. So when you don't know what you are doing, everything becomes a mystery and everyone becomes a prophet. What she what she says in the book, this is this is my words, not not from Camilla Elias with all respect, but what she says in the book, she says that the magician is a con man. Um, this is like one of one of the understandings, her understanding about the magician in the Tarot de Marseille, that he is a con man. At the end of the day, he needs divine, not that he needs divine help, but there's a very important part of surrendering to the help that is being given to make magic work. In that process, in, 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 in my experience, in that process of that surrender, um, what you do is that you, you, let's say you cast a spell for something to happen. And then you need to surrender to the circumstance and to the divinity of the circumstance. I like to always assume that in every circumstance there is a Buddha. 
uh, or as they say in uh, in Enochian magic, or it's not in Enochian magic, it's in the words of, um, I don't remember his name right now, and it's kind of embarrassing because he's one of the biggest occultists um, back in the day. He says that every green grass has an angel saying to it, telling it, grow, grow, grow. In my understanding, I like to see it that in every case there is, uh, in every circumstance, there is a wisdom in whatever culture you call that wisdom. In every circumstance, there's a living wisdom that once, that once embraced, this wisdom allows all the partakers of the circumstance to grow or, or, or the partakers who embrace the wisdom because this is something that we learn on the long run uh, in the magical path that not everyone will be, will be with us on the long run. Everything is impermanent, but there are longevities. There is there is there is a longevity for 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 relationship, and this longevity is highly dependent on the wisdom attained from the circumstances that the relationship flows through. And this wisdom essentially does not come by looking for it. You don't you don't look for the wisdom in a circumstance. What happens is that you go into the circumstance. And slowly the flower of wisdom blossoms and you get to see the petals. And once you get to see the petals, you start to understand the patterns and you start to reflect on these patterns. So you make maybe major changes or minor changes so that you progress and you progress and you progress and you progress. And it requires a certain sense of um, reflectiveness and transparency at the same time. That is the ability to reflect on the circumstance completely and to be transparent with the other partakers of the circumstance. If you see a wisdom, if you see a petal of that wisdom that the other is failing to see or chooses not to see. And there are limits to where you can be, uh, where you can shine a light on someone's lack of discernment to see that petal of wisdom in a circumstance. There is levels and there is boundaries and sadly... Not sadly, rightly so, that it's not about how the truth is said. It's how compassionately it is worded that makes a big difference. So, does this mean that we should look for... What does that have to do with, with, with lack of knowledge and ignorance making everyone a prophet and... Um, everything a mystery. Well, there's always a sense of wonder that needs to be maintained in the path of magic. It's it's kind of a balanced state of wonder and critique or critical thinking. You have to be a poet and you have to be almost a scientist with understanding magic. If you are only a poet with magic, you might not manifest a thing because you'll end up assuming that everything is 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 amazing. You end up looking at trash cans and being being in love with the fact that they look cubicle. And this is this is this is the mud of the philosopher, like Nietzsche calls him. And then you have the other way of looking at things, which is basically uh, being overly critical and analytical of circumstances. You end up having an amazing thing happening for you and you end up analyzing everything of it and staying in your head without actually doing anything about it. So without maintaining it, it just falls apart. So how do we 
how do we find that balance? We understand first that there is the saying in Sufism that, or there is a story actually. It's a story where you find where a Sufi sheikh was sitting on his in his uh, in his in his cave, um, or in his house or whatever, and he had a little river in front of him. And he received a new student, and this student comes to him, and this student uh, had a previous sheikh or had a previous teacher, and 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 he goes up to him and he's like, "Teach me what you've learned." Um, and 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 the sheikh looks at him, he's like, "Okay, I'll be in my house. You go into this river, clean up yourself from all of what you learned, and once you're clean from all of what you've learned, we can talk." End of story. What does the story mean in general? The story, this the story carries the wisdom of the idea that, of course, I'm not talking about a specific sheikh or a guru. We'll come to this later in 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 a, in, in next in next chapters of this talk. But the I'm using the idea here of the Sufi sheikh being the wisdom of the circumstance. The wisdom of the circumstance will not be able will not will not show itself or will not be apparent to the magician or the student or the one who acquires the knowledge because the magician goes to the hierophant to learn in my understanding so the magician sits down in the hall of the hierophant or sits down in the hall of wisdom and if he pretends that this circumstance happened before it could have but there are minor changes, and these minor changes are what necessary to allow the development of the circumstance to its next cycle or its next evolution. If he or she does not look at it from that perspective that I don't know shit and I'm allowing myself to experience it fully to see how I can integrate it and, and, and figure out how to work with it to my best benefit and the best benefit of others as well, hopefully. Until then, we are just lost in echo chambers. Where we kind of like saying our voice in the distance and hearing it back and assuming because the echo has molded how it sounded like that someone else said it. Or it is what the circumstance is telling us. So how to deal with this mistake or how to deal with this the idea is the story says it all go into the river and 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 it even like i think rumi said that is like when you go into the river make sure that you that don't dip your don't tip your toes go fully in um even khalil jibran uh, jibran i think his name is jibran khalil jibran or khalil jibran uh, khalil jibran says um he says, I don't like half lovers, I don't like half friends, I don't like half um, half friends, etc., etc. And the idea from this, this poetic saying is that don't go half in, go fully in and then you will learn. But saying, but trying to analyze before you have completely gone into through the experience is actually just your expectations and some echoes and complications you've added to them. You will only know the result when you've known it. All else is expectations past, made on past, um, made based on past 
patterns you have received in previous experiences. So, the do I want to say something else about this part? So this is how you become a poet, essentially. You become a poet by fully experiencing the circumstance. How do you become a scientist about it? Is once you're done with the circumstance that you look at it and you investigate it and you look at the circumstance, look at yourself. Start always with yourself, not with the other. Because even when you're starting with the other, actually you're starting with yourself but projecting on the other. This could be accurate, but there's a degree, a higher degree of accuracy when you're doing it on yourself. Although in psychological way of thinking, extroverts and introverts learn in different ways. Extroverts learn through communication with others and introverts learn by communication with themselves. It's an internalized process in the introvert. In the extrovert, it's more not necessarily fully the opposite, but almost similar to the opposite that there has to be a lot of interaction before the extrovert learns what the introvert has learned by themselves. Because it has to do with how they energize themselves, the extrovert. Uh, I think this is this is was 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 a theory in, talked of talked about with, by Carl Gustav Jung when he talks about the extrovert and the introvert and how the extrovert and even in social psychology they talk about it even more uh, with more modern words and, and modern approaches is that in social psychology they see that the introvert what he does is that. They still need people, but they still they need a, a smaller amount of people than the extrovert requires. And the introvert does not require so much energy through validation. The introvert does not require so much energy through validation like the extrovert does. And that's why there's always this idea that the extrovert requires to channel their energy outside of their house, outside of their area, outside of their, uh, their comfort zone. Their integration and their learning happens outside the introvert, their integration and their happenings happen inside. And we need to understand these differences because a lot of people assume that their liberation is in the cave where their liberation is on the streets. And a lot of people presume that their liberation is on the is on the streets. Well, the fact of the matter is that the liberation, their liberation is in the cave. And it's it's very important to know where yourself is. And this is the importance of what they call in Ifa, people are my garb or people are my clothes. And this is the idea that you will need another person to talk to. You'll need another, the circumstance does not only involve you, no matter if, even if you're the initiator of a circumstance, the circumstance you've initiated is going to be a growing petal or a growing flower with many petals that will hopefully be hospitable enough for all the people that you want to be in, to live in to, to, and to live through. And this flower is not uh, is not an illusion, you know. It's only an illusion when you try to make it something that it is not. I think we can understand this between the connection of the magician and the adjustment card, where the magician has to adjust. Uh, it's it's not necessarily about creating a world, but finding it, and this is a very integral thing in understanding the magical path. It's called a path because you are walking towards something as it walks towards you. You're not really creating it. The more we assume that we're creating things with magic, the more we end up really um, lost in world of illusions and trying to use too much energy to make people look what I have created. 
No, motherfucker, you did not create this. You helped this come into being. And these are two different things. You did not create something. You helped it come into being. That means that there are structures that were required for this thing to come into being. And for these structures to be there, these structures are other human beings. And this is something, of course, that we cannot pretend that is not happening right now with the coronavirus, for example. Especially if you live in lockdown or you live in the... Uh, or you live in in, in, in you live in Europe, for example, where or in Germany, where the lockdown is really strict and all that, you will get to know that most of the time what happens is that you're um that that this is um to quote um Freighter UD. Freighter UD had a really interesting interview. I quote a lot of people I know. But uh I, I enjoy reading and I enjoy following up on my favorite topics. The Freighter UD had a very interesting interview with Nikolai Fritzwald, and I really enjoyed watching that because I I enjoy uh, a lot of uh, Kim, uh, I I enjoy Kimbanda and I enjoy Chaos Magic and I enjoy Buddhism, and I find I always worried that how would these three fit in one model? Chaos Magic is like a big ass flower that allows a lot of things that seemingly do not fit in together to fit in together. And a lot of people are like, how how is that possible? Be like, it just happened. Some people end up liking each other. What can I say? And um, same with spiritual worlds. It's, just, it's not it's not um, it's not that generalized as we think we can make it. It's very specific. The spiritual world is very fucking specific. Uh, even I remember um, one of my previous teachers. She was like, um, in Buddhism, there is uh, there is a hell made and suited to your needs <laughs> and uh, and 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 it's it's just uh, and this saying it's the idea that no matter no matter like we really create not create but we really find our life through our karma what we do and how we influence our patterns and how our patterns influences and interactions with others and how we influence these interactions, we end up creating a hell that is habitable, habitable just for us and for the other too. So it's interesting how we can we can look at it from that direction too. Is that the idea that um, in 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 the interview back to the interview about Nikolai Fritzwald and uh, Prater UD? They spoke about chaos magic, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I really wanted them to speak about Kimbanda for Christ's sake. Um, I even wrote it on the YouTube. Like there was there was no comments on the page under the thingy, and I wrote I wrote down like, "Please write, give us more shows about Kimbanda on YouTube in English, please." Uh, I'm kind of desperate here for some videos on Kimbanda in English. Uh, so if you know any, just please write down in the in the comment section. So yeah, so so what else? Yeah, so so he talked the Freighter UD uh, talked about the idea of the importance of being a critical thinker. It's very important to be a critical thinker, and again to understand that magic is very variable from one person to the other, and this is the trick. You have to balance your poetry. You can't go in as a full-on fledged scientist because you ain't gonna understand what the fuck is going on. 
and you can't go on as a fully fledged poet because then you're going to be the bottom end of every fucking joke in the spiritual medium and you don't fucking want that you really don't so once you get to that point of 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 alchemy of the of because there's a big part of temperance in the adjustment i like to refer to oriel de pensier bascal's chaos tarot or book of chaos and in that book of Ke in, in that tarot actually the 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 picture of adjustment the sword is right in the middle and you can see like it's striking balance and of course it's justice card as well in other decks which means balance strike the balance once you strike the balance you get the direction that you need to do and there is a similarity between it and the temperance card the only difference is that the temperance card is more about mixing things together the adjustment card is that you put the result and you weigh it with against the against against the ostrich feather basically does, is it fit to go into the next cycle or does it have to wait a bit until either it gets lighter or it gets heavier and this is in my opinion karma looking at karma from a very simplistic kind of point of view in my from my perception of course and that is to say you have here the 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 feather mat and you have the weighing heart the weighing heart being the circumstances that you've been through and all that kind of stuff and you're ready to progress onto the next level are you ready your answer doesn't matter so much as you the results that have been progressed and processed up until this moment how heavy do they feel how light do they feel and you can make it lighter of course and the lighter it is the more easier it is to resonate into the next level the heavier it is you might even go even down even more and and we try to play with directionalities as magicians as much as we can but at the end of the day you have to understand that again it goes back to the idea of balancing mystery with application what does this mystery manifest in the world and what does this application or this manifestation go enrich the mystery with and we're going to talk about this more in the next chapters but not the one to come see you in the next one